Welcome to your podcast. My name is Vanessa, and you're listening to Imperfect Woman. In this episode, I'll be discussing the last three principles for making marriage work, according to Dr. John Gottman. All the advice and information in this episode is from his book, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. There's so much to being alive and I need to talk about it. So let's get started. If you have not listened to the first part, I highly recommend to just stop this episode right now and go check out the first part. With the founder of Dear Ava Children's Boutique, Tiffany Carreno, we actually discussed the first four principles, and she made some really great points. So go and listen to it. When it comes to any relationship, we are certain that we will encounter some type of conflict. That's a guarantee. Dr. Gottman has identified these marital conflicts as either a solvable problem or a perpetual problem. So to give you some examples of the two, a solvable problem is something that easily has a solution. For an example, last week, my husband and I were just conversing about, I don't even remember, and he confessed that one problem he has with me is that I leave my mugs everywhere. I would have normally defended myself and tell him that he's not right, but next to me, no joke, was a mug that I had left the day before. I know, I know, I'm horrible, it's disgusting, I get it, judge me, whatever. We actually found a solution and we decided that I was going to pick up and wash after my dishes. Solution. Now, a perpetual problem is more that gut-wrenching and intense conflict. These are the problems that if we avoid them, they can lead to an emotional disengagement. And there's usually a deeper underlying meaning. Some examples of perpetual problems can be one partner wanting children, the other doesn't. Maybe the, the, maybe the frequency of sexual intercourse, raising kids different religion, or even the style of parenting. At first, I couldn't think of a perpetual problem that my husband and I have, but then it came to me. The one topic that we try to avoid because it is a guarantee problem. COVID. I know, I know, it it sounds crazy, but we both have different points of view and different ways to approach the situation, and it honestly has created a gut-wrenching tension between us. Like, it was so bad that I almost called off the wedding. Clearly, it didn't stop us from getting married. If you've had any conflicts with your partner over COVID, can you email me? I want to make sure that I'm not the only one out there. Watch me like not get any emails and then I'm going to realize how weird I am. So now that we know the two different problems, principle number five, solve your solvable problems. If you ask people how to solve the marital problems, you'll probably get answers like listen to each other and compromise. And while they're not wrong, Dr. Gottman says that there's more to it. Lucky for us, I'm going to quickly tell you the five steps to solving your solvable problems. Yes, we get steps in everything. And I realized that I only follow half of them sometimes. Step one, soften your startup. 
Don't come at your partner harsh or defensive, which is always my problem. And if the argument starts harsh, it's going to end harsh. Step two, learn to make and repair those attempts. If you notice your partner having a negative reaction to your comment, how can you de-escalate it? A funny example that actually came to mind is when my sister says okay to me. My sister can give me some random fact about something, but because I always think I'm right, I will argue with her and, and, and tell her that she's wrong. She already knows that if she just says, okay, the argument ends. That's her making that attempt. Or how I see it, that's just her way of getting me to shut up. And it works. <laughs> you can even suggest to your partner taking a break or come up with a keyword to let your spouse know that you feel overwhelmed and flooded at the time. My keyword isn't always the nicest, so I'm not going to suggest that. But Dr. Gottman says it can be something like, um, I, I need things to be calmer right now, or I'm trying to be more gentle right now, but I don't know how. Just don't forget to watch your tone of voice because I can definitely see myself trying to use this and my tone just killing it, killing the purpose behind having the whole keyword. And my favorite tip is suggesting a 20-minute break. Step three, soothe yourself. We all know that we can't think straight with a hot head. Even the Bible tells us in Proverbs 29:22, angry people stir up conflict, hothead will cause much offense. I, I love how straight up the Bible is. Therefore, Dr. Gottman suggests to take that 20-minute break and just soothe yourself. But during the 20 minutes, do not think about your partner. Don't play the victim. Don't plan what you're going to say when you see your partner again. Instead, Take 20 minutes to read, go for a walk, exercise, listen to music, or in my case, I pray because the Lord knows that I need all the prayer and the Holy Spirit and all the angels to come and help me when I'm mad. Step four, the one that we all hate, compromise. When considering a solution, find something that works for the both of you. And don't forget to consider each other's feelings values, and opinions. Step five, process any grievance so that they don't linger. Regardless of how smoothly you were able to solve the problem, many times it can leave that emotional injury lingering around. If emotional injuries aren't addressed, they tend to become that constant irritant. Think of it like, like the stone in your shoe. Going back to the previous episode, Tiffany made a suggestion that works for her, which I feel like it's perfect for any lingering emotional injuries, but she would go back to her husband after an argument or a false statement and would replace it by apologizing and telling him positive things instead to replace that negativity. Principle six, overcoming gridlock. He wants children, you don't. She wants you to go to church, but you're atheist. My husband wants me to wear a mask and I absolutely hate them. I don't know what your perpetual problem is, but we all have them. But we must learn to accommodate them in order to prevent gridlock. How do you know you've reached gridlock, you ask? 
you and your partner have the same argument over and over, which we have since March of 2020. The topic can't be addressed without humor. The issue is becoming increasingly polarized as the time goes on, and compromise just seems impossible. If this sounds like a particular issue in your relationship, we could be in gridlock. Perpetual problem doesn't mean your marriage is in a red zone, but we do need to learn to overcome them. How? Remember the previous principles, you know, turning towards each other, let your partners influence you, nurture your admiration about them. If you don't know what I'm talking about, that's because you didn't do what I suggested and you didn't pause and go listen to the first part. And now you're confused, sis. Principle number seven, the last one, creating shared memories. I love this because it just reminds me of the primary reason that we got married or for other people that they got involved in a committed relationship. But we did it to create those beautiful moments in life and just share them with that one specific person, with that one best friend. But there's more to marriage than just raising kids and splitting the chores and making love. We are connected to that person in every way. Mark 10, 8 tells us how the two will become one flesh. So what are the common goals that you and your spouse have? What are the common goals that you have as a couple and as a family? One of the goals that we have, and my husband actually enjoys having dinner together. And and I love the fact that he doesn't like to eat unless I join him. That's a common goal. We have dinner together. We attend church together because that's important to us and those are the values that we want to implement in our family. But outside of marriage, we have also created shared meaning with our family as well. You know, and I'm going to share this with you. One tradition that we actually started a few years back, and I love this tradition. I hope that you start to do it as well. But every birthday, we actually have a Sunday lunch or, or dinner. And while we cut the cake, we go around the room and we tell the person why we're grateful for them. So we tell whosever birthday it is, um, why we're grateful for them, or share a story um, of something that they might have done that year that was of great impact for you. I highly recommend this book, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work by Dr. John Gottman. There's just so much information. It's full of activities and questionnaires that you and your partner can complete together. So much that goes into a marriage, and I'm honestly just now discovering the amount that's required. Please don't forget to invest time and energy and knowledge into your marriage because it really is the foundation to your family. I hope this episode has brought something new to a part in your life. I'm curious on hearing about your thoughts and feedback on today's episode and the last three principles. And if there's anyone out there who also has arguments on COVID, can you please email me? If you would like to be a guest or have suggestions on future topics, you can email me at imperfectwomanpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to live your life to the fullest. We'll chat soon.